Welcome to the Lead with Empathy podcast. I am your host, Holly Logan, and here we are going to have meaningful and hopefully some fun conversations about motherhood, parenthood, illness, disease, physical and mental wellness, nutrition, and beyond. And as the title implies, we lead here with empathy. With that said, let's dive into the episode. Welcome back to Lead with Empathy. Today, I bring you Kelly Meathy. She is a pregnancy and postpartum fitness coach and personal trainer who specializes in working with women who experience pelvic floor symptoms, have abdominal separation, and want to work to restore their core. Her passions come from experiencing her own symptoms postpartum, which we'll talk about, and her working mission statement is to help busy moms feel confident and strong during pregnancy and beyond through movement. Outside of her business, Baby Mama Move, she is the mom to two children, lives in Las Vegas, and loves listening to audiobooks and podcasts, obviously loves to work out and try new trails and exercise classes, play with their kiddos, and relax. I loved this conversation with Kelly. I'm really excited to find someone who specializes in this type of work because when it comes to the pelvic floor, it is a hard conversation to have, I think, at any stage of pregnancy and beyond postpartum for women. It was definitely not something I expected to have issues with because I was a young, healthy, active woman. And then to have issues postpartum, it just didn't align with my brain. It didn't make sense to me. It was really uncomfortable and it really impacted my mental health, honestly. I did end up seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist personally, and I learned so much about breathing and the fact that I just wasn't even breathing properly at re- when I'm relaxing. Nevertheless, when I'm exercising, I would just was not breathing correctly to support my core. And it's amazing to think about all these years I was exercising and being active and practicing yoga and doing all these things. I never learned to breathe properly. So I'm excited to bring you Kelly. We're going to talk about her experience, what drove her to start her business, and also just some general breathing techniques and how to find the right people for you if you're struggling with pelvic floor symptoms. So let's welcome Kelly to Lead with Empathy. Hello, Kelly, and welcome to the Leave It Up podcast. This is one of my topics that we are never really told about as young athletes, as young pregnant women, as postpartum women. It's yet so profoundly important. I'll share with the audience, I kind of did already, that I have had pelvic floor physical therapists postpartum and in pregnancy for all the things we're going to discuss today. And I have so many friends who have had these struggles and were just as surprised as I was to have these struggles. So I gave a little introduction to the audience, but in your own words, will you just introduce yourself to them? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Kelly Neathy, and I'm a prenatal and postpartum personal trainer, exercise specialist, however you want to, you know, kind of think of it that way. And I I help women sort of reach their potential, if you want to call it that, um, and really kind of build their foundation. I don't want to say I help rehab them because then that sort of insinuates that there's some sort of rehabilitation that maybe our bodies aren't naturally going to do. And I believe that, you know, our bodies just need a little bit of support after we go through something like a pregnancy or maybe what we might consider prehab, like during pregnancy, taking some of those precautionary measures or, um, you know, having some better strategies about moving. And so basically, I just sort of help women navigate through pregnancy and postpartum and even beyond that, even as issues may arise much later in life that sort of have to do with this women's health, our pelvic floor, our core and sort of how that makes a big difference in our overall movement and physical goals. Awesome. And and so you look at it more as like, I don't want to say it, there is obviously there are medical diagnoses for these things. But at the same time, that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for like just support in general and how our bodies change in pregnancy and postpartum. I um, reading about you that you got into this because you were struggling. You needed someone like a fitness specialist like yourself to help you with prolapse and pelvic floor dysfunction. Can you share a little bit about your story with the audience and how it propelled you 
in your work, in your business? Were you really into fitness before this part of your life or is this completely new area to you? Like what, what's your background and how did you get into this specialty? Yeah, no, I love that question. It's it's something I, I like to share. You know, when people are teaching or educating you, you also want to know that they've sort of understand what you might be going through. And so I think as difficult as some of my own experiences are or were and as confusing as they were that I do, you know, definitely provide a leg up and, and support for women because I've, I've been through it. But basically after I was very active all through probably like my early 20s, even maybe some teenage years. And then when I got pregnant, I got really, really into fitness because I just was like, you know, I mean, let's just be honest. We're eating our best. We're taking our vitamins. We're, we're not drinking alcohol. We're, we're doing all the right things. And exercise just naturally fell into place for me. And so, you know, the beauty of being pregnant is movement has so many benefits to you. And so I probably exercised like four or five days a week. Nothing crazy. But like, I didn't have anybody to tell me, you know, hey, this is more of an appropriate exercise that you should be doing at this stage of pregnancy. Or, hey, you may not want to be planking at, you know, 32 weeks or doing Russian twists or slam balls because it's just a little bit too much for the body. So, you know, that's kind of how I think things started for me. And then as soon as I gave birth to my daughter, Sailor, it's going to be five. So it's about five years ago. I literally couldn't walk. Like I went home from the hospital for a couple of days and then it was like I got up out of bed one day. And I had this just like readable pain in my low back. And, you know, my husband and everyone around was like, oh, you know, you just you're not taking it easy. You're so used to being active, like just go rest. And we tried all kinds of things. I ended up going to a chiropractor. I got massages and it was so bad that my mom had to come back. She just came to meet the baby and then she went back home and she had to come back because I couldn't walk. Like I couldn't walk up the stairs or anything and my husband had to go back to work. So long story short, I ended up finding a physical therapist that specialized in women's health and she was able to really, really help me. But this was not anything that came easy. They were willing to give me like pain medication, MRIs, imaging, but no one was saying like, hey, your body is completely changed. Like you need to do some strengthening exercises. And, you know, as the patient, it's hard to hear that because you're going, well, my whole pregnancy, I ran every day and I lifted weights and I deadlifted. Like, what do you mean I need to re-strengthen? You know, like it just doesn't compute yeah, to think, a lot of people. Yeah. And I think we also as women, like you were doing all the things you thought were being the healthy pregnant woman. And then to be told you have problems, it's it's like, what do you what do you mean? I have problems with my strength. I was doing everything right or I thought I was doing everything right. And then it unfortunately, um, this is not a shot at like obstetricians in general. I worked at a great. No. Yeah. Even them where I used to work and I loved them. It's like kind of pushed off as, oh, this is normal. You've just had a baby. Mm -hmm. also, as a woman, you kind of know your body the best. And if something doesn't feel right, it's like, I want to see the right person for this. I don't want just men. Well, totally. And I remember going to my like my first session and she had me do what's called a knee fallout, where you're just laying on your back and you sort of let your knee fall out. And then you are supposed to use your pelvic muscles and your core to kind of bring it back. And I literally couldn't. I mean, it was just I'll never forget it because I was like, I can run. I'm I'm like, you know, back to my pregnancy weight. Like what's happening? And at the time, I really had no understanding of any of this stuff, how muscles and joints and you know, how our core has changed from our 
body has changed and how it needs all this, you know, support to come back together. But, you know, so I went through that for probably six months. And then we uncovered that a big part of my issue was I had, I don't know, I sort of describe it now because I'm still dealing with it as like bladder distension, but it was diastasis recti. And so probably maybe a little bit of both, but basically it looked like I was kind of still pregnant. Uh, Obviously I wasn't. And I, you know, even if I lost weight, my belly just sort of pooched out in a way that just like didn't again, like it just didn't make sense. And so then we uncovered that my rectus abdominis, which is like your six pack muscles, they stretch during pregnancy and sometimes they come back and sometimes they don't. And mine did not. And so because of that, you know, for lack of better tech words, your kind of guts and your organs and everything, they're not in any danger, but they just don't have that like corset system to like keep them sort of back and in place where they're supposed to be, right, where they're supposed to be. And so it just sort of has this presentation of like a little belly. And so a lot of women that I work with, they sort of complain of that too. And so I spent like another six months repairing that. And I had some pelvic floor issues that really kind of peaked their head up for my second pregnancy and all that. But I had a lot of problems. Like I had everything that you could have pretty much. But like it was kind of funny because it's like you're peeling the layers of this is what needs to sort of strengthen or this is what the problem might be. And so it's it's complex in a way because you're like you kind of have to uncover this layer to get to that. But overall, you know, pregnancy, as I say, you're never unscathed. So something, you know, usually goes awry just because of the the magnitude that it, you know, your body has to change in order to bring a baby into the world. So there's so many. I think what I learned from when I finally saw the right pelvic floor physical therapist is how many muscles we truly have that are also connected to our core and connected to our pelvic floor. So one thing I wanted to ask you about kind of veering a little bit was how you teach women how to breathe, because one thing that was really profound to me with my second therapist during my third pregnancy, because in my second, I had a very small umbilical hernia. So for the audience, Mm -hmm. like you can have a diastasis as normal in pregnancy, right? You have to accommodate for a child, you have to accommodate for that uterus enlarging. Um, But then I had what's called a little bit of an umbilical hernia and I kind of didn't want that to get worse in my third pregnancy. So I saw a pelvic floor physical therapist and what she really helped me to understand was also how to relax the core correctly so Mm -hmm. that take a big belly breath in. So you're actually relaxing your pelvic floor, which I was never doing because I almost felt like you had to do those Kegels all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so you relax everything, breathe in so that your abdomen actually expands, your diaphragm, everything expands. And then when you breathe out, actually contracting those muscles. And I was always doing it backwards. And so everybody does it backwards. Everyone does it backwards, right? But everyone does it. So then Now, then when she finally taught me how to do it, and I remember you said that your legs out thing for me, I remember the same thing. And I had a harder time on my back doing it. But when I would flip and do like a cat cow type on my hands and knees, when I finally got that relaxation and then really learning how to contract my lower core, my pelvic floor actually would contract without me even thinking about it. For me, it put the pieces together. So then when you finally put these pieces together, did you, is that when you started to to get into like the specialty? Did you do some special courses? Yes. And so basically I had gone through about a year of rehab at a physical therapy office and it wasn't even pelvic PT at the time. It was just like straight up, you know, your standard physical therapy. But I had a woman that had like a little bit of an interest in women's health because she had had some kids herself. 
And, you know, I loved her and I credit so much to her for me coming into this. But even now that I look back, like a lot of that stuff was really outdated. And that's not really to anyone's fault. It's basically research just hasn't really caught up. I mean, it's getting a lot better now. But when I had found out, just to answer your question, that I was pregnant with my second, I had literally just graduated from physical therapy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am about to go uh, being pregnant for basically another year. And then I'm going to have all these other problems and they're probably going to be 10 times worse. So I was like, I know that I can rely on myself to like, you know, be the detective and I understand my body. And so I'm just going to try to understand what these people understand. Literally, that was my train of thought. And so I did. I got a couple of certifications in that sort of pre and postnatal. And at the time, I wasn't even certified as like a personal trainer. And it's funny because I did it backwards. Like I feel like it would have been so much easier if I took the basics because they don't go over. And I mean, you're being a nurse practitioner, like, you know, you understand that things that are very basic hold the surface layer. And then when yeah. you focalize, you become much more. And, and I think it's different when you when it happens to you personally. I've, I've said that for other things as well. It's just when it happens to you personally, it is different. Yeah. And so I sort of started going down the rabbit hole with that. And I started going to pelvic PT and um, I loved my pelvic floor therapist who's actually going to school to be an OB right now. But she was amazing because she would really kind of like, in a, in a way, mentor me and show me like articles or things that I should kind of read up on because she knew that, you know, what I did. And so that was huge. And it just sort of happenstance that a bunch of my girlfriends in my circle, like five of us, we all ended up being pregnant like within a few months of each other and so I just sort of started treating them and then it was COVID so then I was like you know Instagramming and it just kind of created I mean a small business but it brings me so much joy because I can help women you know like not number one not feel alone because some of these symptoms which we'll get into can be very overwhelming and really affect your quality of life um your self-esteem and if you're working with somebody that doesn't understand then they might not make you feel any better or lead you toward any kind of a solution. So that's another really big component. But yeah, I just fell in love with like women's health really when I had to dive into what was going on with me. Yeah. And that was one of my questions kind of going off of that too was this is, I feel it would be emotional work. I think it's very powerful to a woman to reclaim and refine her pelvic floor and abdominal wall strength, but it's hard to accept. I know it was very hard after first baby to accept that my body has made these changes. I didn't accept that I couldn't do something about it, but I also just, it's, it's hard. It's a transition as a woman. And I don't feel like we're again, supported or told that you are going to have changes and what's normal, what's not how you can support it. So how do you coach that? Like, it sounds like you started with your friends, but how do you support that side of the pelvic floor health and movement? You said yourself um, when you first emailed me that you felt like your body was betraying you. And I felt that to my core, my abdominal wall floor, because I did not feel prepared for how my lower body was going to change. And it's kind of emotional. Oh, absolutely. And I think to sort of help illustrate this, you know, understanding what a pelvic floor is and its role is probably a great place to start to answer this. So I wish I would have brought my little pelvis, but basically, Basically, your pelvic floor is a big, large muscle that starts kind of at your pubic bone and it kind of hammocks all the way to your tailbone. And so if you kind of think it's like dead center in the middle of our body. And so you've got to understand that all of these other muscles are pushing and pulling on it all day long. They are part of managing pressure. So things like laughing, coughing, sneezing, lifting weight, picking up a couch, running after your toddler, jumping up really fast. All of these things cause what we call intra-abdominal pressure. And so you kind of think of that that 
breath coming in, kind of back to your breathing question, then you get a lot of pressure through your breathing through the core and it kind of lands in that little pelvic floor ham. And so if you don't have good pressure management strategies or ways to sort of breathe appropriately through exercise, you know, and just in your day to day life, then that can cause what we call pelvic floor dysfunction. And it could be just as simple as when you laugh that you, you know, you have a little bit of leaking, a little bit of pee coming out. A lot of women will report that and it doesn't really seem to bother them. That still is a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. But then you could have things as severe as, you know, back pain or really painful, like low abdomen pain or crampy kind of feeling. You could have a lot of tailbone pain. And then, you know, you could also end up with a prolapse. I actually just got diagnosed with one recently, which was hard for me to talk about for some reason a while. You know, now I'm good with it. But to your point, it's emotional because what a prolapse is, is if we think about the pelvic floor, its job is to sort of, you know, keep our organs in a centralized place where they're supposed to be to operate efficiently. And so we have our rectum, our uterus and our bladder that sort of are housed in this little hammock. And if it's not strong enough and if there are damages through many, many things such as childbirth, aging, hormones changing, constipation, straining, all of that good stuff that happened to us through our lifetime. If it doesn't have enough support, those organs, then it kind of gets a little left. And you could actually have one of those organs fall through or droop or however you want to think about it. Um, And it could be as just as severe as you actually might see like a tissue bolt or it could be just something that you feel and you might feel a heavy, you might feel discomfort. So there's a wide range of why we want to keep that pelvic floor healthy. But we also want to address, you know, the things around the pelvic floor. And so to get to answer your question emotionally, I think people hear that they have pelvic floor dysfunction and they go online. And they're like, I'm going to do my Hegels, but it's not really addressing a lot of these other ligaments and joints and how things work. And that's what, um, and, that's what I and thought. Keep that, you know, keep the Kegel constantly and, and you're good. You know, that's what I yeah. And that and that's honestly, I thought the same thing. And for for my whole entire first pregnancy and, and all of that. And, you know, even after that, I mean, I think we're, we're kind of constantly changing. But a lot of women that have pelvic floor dysfunction, it's so emotional for them because they might be somebody that just leaks. And I don't mean leaks when they're left. I mean, leaks like they're walking down the street. They're standing up and presenting something at work. They're on a date. They're at the beach with their kids. And they don't necessarily have bladder control because of some things that are going on. And so you can imagine how much that would affect their quality of life, right? And just hearing that you, you know, maybe you've seen a bulge. Maybe you actually have a a pretty moderate case of prolapse that needs a good program to help rehab and support those organs. That's really emotional for people. I mean, most people leave those offices of their pelvic PT crying because they're just like, what do you mean my rectum is like, you know, coming out? I mean, it, it's not really. It's more like yeah. the tissue right? your pelvic floor. And there's different grades. People have to understand that there are different grades. So it's not like, you know, we can have just a grade. I think I think they grade it one to four, if I remember right. So you can have like a, a grade one, which is you can't see necessarily unless you like a speculum exam or something. Right three grade four and there is a degree immediately postpartum that is normal and then Mm -hmm. over time it should help you know with strengthening and the right work like you're talking about it it can get better you know it's yeah yeah so it is it's very emotional i think for anyone first baby second baby third baby to almost accept that and then so do you find that women always want to just jump right back into fitness and like lose weight? And even though they haven't, they 
or even just because you're a formerly active person or athlete, you just want to dive back in when your body isn't ready. And what's your advice for that? Because I feel like we're saying all these things and some women might be thinking like, oh, maybe I have all these symptoms and I really want to get back to exercise because I, I feel like I'm ready to exercise. What's your suggestion when that happens? So if some are women that like really want to bounce back. Yeah. Or, yeah, there are women that really just, I was like that, you know, you just yeah. get back to it. And I wasn't my, especially my first, I was same with you. Like I was blessed that I lost everything. I looked great, but my body didn't feel like it was supposed to. So what's your first step? Someone comes to see you. What do you start with? What's your suggestion? Well, I kind of just start with that. I like to explain what's going on inside the body because as humans and even as, you know, a, a nurse or a doctor, you know, and, you know, certainly personal trainers, like we don't have x-ray vision, right? We we don't know what's going on. So we might look okay from the outside. But I really just like to explain like, all these changes just happen. So like a few things that are happening or maybe just happen through pregnancy would be that, you know, your rib cage expands and, you know, your ribs come out to really open up the cavity, so to speak, so that baby can grow. And your rectus muscles and your rectus abdominis, I want to say I heard earlier that they expand 115%. So if you take a rubber band and you stretch it 115% and you hold it like that for nine months, I mean, it's not just gonna snap back, right? And our pelvis is expanding. You know, all of the organs that are housed within this, I mean, everything has moved and slid around. Your pelvic floor has had so much. I like to explain it like like those bounty commercials with the paper towels. It's just had so much on there, right? It doesn't, it just needs some love and some support. And it doesn't mean that you can't exercise. I don't want to say that women are fragile or anything. It's just more like we got to take it slow because again, on the flip side, if you were to fall and break your arm, you would listen to those doctors and the, you know, Googles of the world going, you have to take this much time off because these tendons and ligaments and joints are all rebuilding and and so it really it's the same, but we just don't as a society, I think, really accept that message. We accept these Instagram influencers or what we see on reality TV and all of that when it's like, you know, that for so many women is not real. I mean, some women are kind of lucky and they might drop weight, but that still doesn't mean that they're strong enough to go back to their exercise. So I like to just give them the facts, right? When we know the data, we can make better decisions is really what I I like to say, I tell them, you know, those sorts of things and then also warn them, like you might not have any pelvic floor dysfunction today, but if you go back to, you know, your crazy CrossFit class or whatever, then you could put so much pressure on a system that's not ready. And then now we're really going to have to rebuild and it's going to take you 10 times longer. And so that's not to say that, you know, every woman is going to have to really go through a whole entire 10 week program. But I would say that the best place to start is giving your body at least four weeks after that six week period to really invest in rehabbing and working with someone. Um, and if they can't, you know, if they don't have access to somebody that can get their hands on them to really just do some. There's some great YouTube videos and there's some great Instagram accounts or digital programs that people can purchase that will, you know, give them something. I mean, I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but I think it's better than just jumping right back in because most people will injure themselves. Well, and and again, because as I was learning, I love to weight, uh, weight train when that was my mm-hmm. thing. I really have always liked to weight train. And I remember after my first child kind of, or no, that was my second, actually. I remember I started to exercise again. And I what you said in the beginning, how you felt like your lower belly was bloated. 
that's how I felt. And I was so confused. I was kind of like, why I actually feel like my belly is sticking out more. And it's right. I like reverted back to even though I had learned this belly breath, the first physical therapist I had was wonderful, but she didn't explain it as well as then the second person that I saw during my third pregnancy. And she really taught me those muscles. And I feel like if you are struggling with any of these symptoms, you really need to learn those muscles. But I will promise you that once you learn it and you discover it, you're like, wow, you know, it's I can I can feel what they're talking about. Like when I first rediscovered what it felt like to contract my my diastasis is a little bit of like a triangle. So at the top, oh, okay. this is just a little like um, if I lay in my back, it's a little bit smaller at the top and wider at the bottom. But when I really contract and focus on that breath and get those tiny muscles down there to contract, it feels so good. It really so I yeah. That if you do these things, it really does. Something clicks and that confidence comes back. I can't say that enough because it is a little scary to think about this as a woman, but especially if you've never had kids and you're like, oh my goodness, this is going to happen. I know. Uh, and I don't want to scare anyone because of that, because of multiple pregnancies or whatever. I've had, I was actually worse off, I feel like, after my first baby than my third. Because my third, I was prepared and I knew I didn't make anything worse because I worked with someone during the other pregnancy, during the third pregnancy too. So and we kind of touched on this, but if someone's listening to this podcast and they don't live close to you, what what credentials are you looking for for someone? If you needed to find, you said you saw a physical therapist and they were nice, but they weren't, weren't maybe the person you need. So if, if someone's experiencing these symptoms and they can or they want to find someone or they're looking online, what credentials are you looking for? I'm just curious. Yeah. So ideally, you would look for somebody that has a pre and postnatal specialty. I don't mean to grill or overly, you know, be aggressive in a way, but find out because if you get a personal trainer that has just their baseline certification, which is great, there is a chapter about pregnancy. It's not robust. It's not really how I would train it, but those people are qualified to train pregnant women. And so I would say, you know, maybe find somebody that works specifically with women or has worked with pregnant women. That's not to say that that person isn't qualified, but it's just to say, you know, like we were talking about, it's a very kind of bird's eye view of what to do. And it's very conservative. And the way of, you know, your heartbeat has to be a certain this and you can't do this and you're not supposed to lift a certain amount of weight, which really isn't what we train people that are in that pre and postnatal industry. Um, it's a lot less conservative in those ways, if that makes sense. So well, I, I would just be who was a marathon runner. And so at what it was interesting because even though there was the there was this information about you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z while you're pregnant, that wasn't some of the information that we were giving because she had patients who were marathon runners and it was like, well, you can't, you know, some of the heart rate stuff, obviously, we're not giving medical advice. You have to talk to your own OB and your own medical stuff. It's just that you want someone who's just knows fitness for pregnancy and because they're trained in just postpartum and pregnancy, they have that extra education, I guess. Yes. And, you know, they're going to understand the pelvis and pelvic floor and how they're going to build those practices into their training. And again, that's not to say that somebody that doesn't have, you know, multiple credentials and that, that they wouldn't be a good fit. That's just to say, you know, make sure that the person that you're talking to hasn't just like checked it off, you know, a list and they really do have, you know, even a passion for that. Another place definitely is pelvic floor PT because they're probably not going to be your fitness people, although some of them are, but they're going to teach you those breathing strategies. They're going to teach you a lot about your body, body awareness, how certain things connect. And so 
if you're a good student, you know, you could go maybe once a month, check in with them, and they're going to be able to monitor you throughout your pregnancy. And I think that is like probably the most ideal. Yeah. Um, lots of good exercises that you can do that seem so, honestly, I remember some of them, like they, I find them boring in a way, but I have to remind mm-hmm. myself, this isn't like squat, squat, squat. It's more like, okay, expanding that diaphragm, relaxing everything, and then working on contracting, then doing like one squat or not even squatting. You're on the floor and you're doing like the leg things and they're helpful, especially actually immediately postpartum too. I love a hundred percent. Yeah. The first, even four weeks, I'm not saying day one, day two postpartum, but kind of like, oh, engaging that core again, even like four weeks out, just very much learning those muscles was really helpful, like third pregnancy. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I think pelvic PT is just such an, I think now it's getting a lot more traction in the world um, and in the community of pregnancy, uh, where before I didn't even know what a pelvic floor therapist was until my second pregnancy. But I think that it's it's such a good place to start because they come from a different mindset too. Like their mindset is like more corrective. They're going to teach you body awareness, like we talked about. And they're really going to make sure that this the appropriate muscles are firing and they're going to like sit there. You might get through four exercises in your hour, but it's going to be very, very custom. And so I think that would be a great place, like almost to do check-ins if you can't go often, you know, a lot of times they can be, you know, pelvic PT might not be in your hometown or wherever you live, but they have some great virtual things that you can do. So I think you have a lot of resources and I think it's just really finding what works best for the person and what, you know, and making sure that that person has the understanding of that body and those changes that are happening. Because I'll tell you what, there are a lot of people out there that don't. And it's not to say that they don't have good intentions. I think everybody, for the most part, has that good intention. But, you know, again, you can injure yourself trying to do box jump, right, at 20 weeks. I mean, literally, I've, I've seen that. So it's just, you know, and that might be a more conservative take on my on my end. I'm sure there well, are plenty I, of... I hear but, saying because I actually, when I had rediscovered that muscle in those core, I've done like video workouts before. And I... One time recently, I remember them saying, okay, keep that t- core tight and then do this exercise mm-hmm. going, what is a tight core? Like, I remember I, yeah. I've said before, I used to, I went to college and stuff. I got fit doing like Jillian Michaels workouts. And I remember mm-hmm. her saying, you know, keep that core tight. But what does that really mean? That doesn't mean just squeezing. It actually means like taking that first, that relaxation breath of breathing out, relaxing everything. And then breathing in and contracting that core, pretending like it's kind of wrapping around you and supporting it. And I think that's what you need to learn. And that's what, unfortunately, you can't just learn like me talk, me and you talking to someone about it. That's why you need like someone who can teach you either uh, a fitness specialist or a public floor therapist, because it, there's only so much you can talk about um, to really understand it. But know that you can, there are things you can do to make it feel better when you exercise. And it's not just about squeezing your core. And and that's what I didn't understand. I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's what I did not understand when I first started getting back into it is like, what do you mean support? I am supporting my core, but I, I actually wasn't supporting my core the way I should be. Yeah. Well, and and that and it's such a great point is breathing is like I always say it's the hardest part of my job to teach because and it gets easier the longer I've been doing it. But when I first started teaching it, it was like such a hurdle for me because I'm like, how do I get them to understand? You also have to remember you have somebody in front of you that like when they're in a gym, they want to sweat like I'm here to lose weight. I'm here to like lift weights and sweat and all this stuff. So really setting number one, the expectation of like the first couple are going to be bored. 
maybe we're not going to get crazy and you really have to master this breathing. And then from there, we can overload your body or your core, whatever it is that we're working on once we have this breathing kind of down. And, you know, I always kind of teach it. I like to teach it on a ball and I kind of put my hands around the rib cage and I say, take this big breath in, you know, starting here. I want the rib cage to expand, not only just in the front of the rib cage, but I want the rib cage to expand kind of out on my hands in the back. And think about like your body as like a canister. So I want this breath to come all the way down from the rib cage. And as they're sitting on that ball, I want to imagine that that breath is coming all the way down through their pelvic floor, that pelvic cavity. And I just practice the inhale, like just getting space because we're so, especially postpartum, we're so like locked up in our thoracic, like our rib cage and our back. And we have usually a big rib flare. So our ribs are kind of here. Our shoulders are kind of like our whole body sort of, you know, we're feeding. And we just got to like unlock it a little. Yeah. Um, And so I really start with the inhales. Can you feel it here? Can you, and I have different cues. And then when we exhale, that's the really hard part because then I go, okay, so imagine we're not just kegling, like don't even kegel, but I want you to think of that exhale if you have a zipper from your pubic bone all the way up to the top of your head or I'm pulling a string and it's kind of like, you know, starts at the pubic bone, then kind of belly button and so on and so forth. And they should feel a little bit of a contraction. And you know, we can squeeze a ball to help sometimes get that transversal turned on, which is that deep corset muscle that you mentioned. But to get everything coordinated and all these tissues to come and connect and get your brain rewired a little bit, it takes time. And so people get frustrated with it because they're like, I just, I'm here to get, get back into shape. I want to lose weight. And I, I think that, yeah, that's why I asked you that question too. I think it's a mental game. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, I loved how you explained that because I was sitting here doing it as you're talking. Because I, I saw that, and that, and it's awesome. And there's so many ways to cue it, and there's so many like positions. Like, um, if that feels weird, like anybody listening right now, and this is weird to cue because most people are like shoulders back. To, like, what I like to do is I sort of say like sink those shoulders like in, like have really bad posture almost, and like even hang your head if you want, and like take a really big deep breath, and you're gonna feel the back of your rib cage open. And that's really big because a lot of times we don't get the breath there because we just had this belly that has all those stretched out. Like we talked about, it's so stretched out. So our breath just goes, oh, I'm going to go there. And then your belly just comes out. And that's not completely wrong, but we want to get what we call that 360 breath where it comes all the way down back and around our canister. And, you know, so basically, you know, really getting those mechanics on board, that's the first thing. And then I think, You know, the second part is also helping people understand and and women that like our bodies take some time to remodel, right? We have to remodel these tissues and just those things aren't going to happen in two, three sessions. So if you're not seeing results right away, it's because this is a long game. And, you know, what can we do that can make this realistic for you that you can go home with a couple of things that you can do with baby, you know, right next to you. And it takes maybe 10 minutes. It's not going to be like 60 minutes every day. So I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but you know, that was great because it's also like you said the long game and you're right too. When I think about it, I don't want to think about being able to do 50 squats today. I want to be able to do squats in 20 years and not Mm -hmm. feel like I'm going to lose my, like, you know, I remember with my first baby feeling like, why why am I leaking this much? I was healthy. I was active. Mm -hmm. What's going on? And then why I do a squat and I'm leaking, it just didn't feel right. And that's, it is embarrassing to talk about, but now I think about it, like I'm less embarrassed, I think, because I know I'm not the only person and 
I know I wasn't really given the tools that I needed. And, and so I'm thinking, I want to do eight good squats and use my core and my breath. So that way in 20 years, I'm still doing this and not not leaking. So it is a long game. I love that you said that too. It, it's such a long game. And, you know, we're always working on public floor. Like, like I just mentioned earlier, I had some issues that just literally came out of the blue, which really doesn't textbook go with prolapse. But from everything I knew about prolapse, I'm like, this feels like a prolapse. And so my pelvic PT kept checking me and she's like, you don't have a prolapse. But then we put me in a different position at a different time of day because gravity, believe it or not, sounds kind of funny, but like gravity and hormones too. Like if you have hormone kind of imbalances, um, it can make your tissues a little more lax. And then you add on gravity and maybe you've already you went on a run that day. So you're sort of really absorbing a lot of energy through your pelvis and your pelvic floor. So sometimes in a different position, different time of day, different things will show. And so that ended up happening. We put me in a lunge and she was like, oh, there it is. You have a little bit of butter prolap. It was kind of like finally because yeah. you got an answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt it, it to me, it felt like a lot of heaviness and pressure and almost like I needed to like pull something like to relieve it. Like just there's something there and it would come and go. And so that's really confusing to women too, because their symptoms might not happen all day and night. Like if we break our arm, you know, I'll use that example again, it's painful until we fix it. Where pelvic floor can kind of rear after intercourse or after you've been, you're on vacation. And I was just on vacation and it was like, I was very active and walking around and running and doing this. And it was like, I could feel a little more heaviness because I'm a little bit off my group. So all to say that these things are very complex, but there are so many resources out there to help you feel back to where you want to feel. Yeah. And and I, I had kind of an aha moment myself in my third because I had dealt with chronic constipation even as a child and a young adult. And then she was putting all these pieces to me together of like, well, you probably had a lot of pelvic floor tightness in your all mm -hmm. other pregnancies. And that tightness, maybe that sounds like a good thing because you're like, oh, tightness in your pelvic floor. That means yeah, people, you're supporting everything. But no, you actually need to learn to also relax it. And that's kind of a tangent too. But that's why I yeah. think floor physical therapists and fitness specialists, they are so valuable because they understand the pelvic floor for women as a whole picture and not just, um, yep, you have back pain. Let's do this exercise. It's really right. all of them together. So, yeah, I mean, and just to piggyback on the tightness, it's funny because your tightness, like you might have a really tight pelvic floor, meaning that it's very also on attention there. But because it's tight, these other muscles are compensating for you. So you have something that might be too lengthened, too kind of stretched. And so that maybe is why you have pain there or not any strength or, you know, you know, needs it's a little underdeveloped. And so a lot of times tightness can be like so tight that once you get it to relax, then that's where this is what happened to me in my theory is that your prolapse can kind of rear because it's like, oh, I can relax now. I can go back to like this state that I'm comfy in. And because I'm not like this, then these things above me are going to like fall a little, if that makes sense. And okay. so... The body is all connected in a really natural way. And I learned about it from, I had a right piriformis, which for anyone doesn't know, it's like your right-sided like hip and glute pain. And I was seeing, I don't know if you're familiar with an osteopath, um, which is, oh, they do OMT, which is muscular therapy. They're DOs that are trained specifically in OMT and they do muscle release work. It's not chiropractic, it's more muscle work. And when he improved my right piriformis, I also was able to use my core and pelvic floor more because there was such tightness in the right side and they're all connected. So um, totally, it, I love that. 
It, it is because it's wonderful when you kind of make those connections as a woman to figure out. Yeah. Not an overnight like, oh, I figured this out. That means all of my problems go away. No, it's just empowering when you you start to have some pieces of your puzzle. Yeah. And I I love the body so much because it's so resilient and capable and gives us so much and perspective and all these things. But then I'm like, it's so complex. And that's the thing with pelvic floor, like in the work that I do, if something's not working after so much time, then you have to go back to the drawing board. And sometimes it's difficult. And, you know, I'm not above, you know, sending somebody to someone else that has a different set of eyes and is going to approach it differently because it's the work that I do is, is to help. And so it's like, if it's not helping, then sometimes you have to change your approach. And if that's still not working, then, you know, maybe a different set of hands and eyes with different life experiences can fix this problem. And so, you know, I always like to, to say that. What I'll do when I release this episode is I'll let you know, and maybe we can put some resources, uh, you know, online resources that you like outside of yourself too. Like if people are in your area or resources that you recommend, we could put that as well. So yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. What is your Instagram handle and what's your yeah. website? So my Instagram is baby mama moves and mama is M-A-M-A. A lot of people spell it a different way. And then my website is the same, babymamamoves.com. Um, and I would just love to say that if you're listening to this and you have any questions or you might be experiencing some of this, please send me a DM. I love answering questions in my DMs. I love helping, you know, and I can, you know, schedule a call with you. I offer 15 minute consult complimentary. Oh, cool. So, you know, please reach out to me. And if it's not me, reach out to somebody because these problems are very fixable and you deserve to feel great. And so I would encourage you to find those resources. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. It was nice to meet you too. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening in today. And I hope you'll be back. Stay curious, stay humble, and always lead with empathy. Please also take a moment to share this episode with someone, this podcast, write a review or comment on my latest Instagram post at hollylogan underscore help. Thank you. Have an awesome day.